I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Anyway, before we get into you said that, we weren't going to get real political. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. Uh, so, from the red zone over to the dead zone. So, I have uh, Congressman. This is my number three. Congressman Greg Stilson. So, he's the main antagonist in the novel and film and TV series of The Dead Zone. Um, so, um, he. <laughs> Stephen King arguably predicted the rise of, of Donald Trump with this character. Um, he, he starts off as this kind of uh, struggling Bible salesman who one day kicks a dog to death and realizes he is destined for greatness. So he begins his uh, political career. He blackmails a criminal biker into being his right-hand man and kind of intimidating, torturing, and killing anybody that gets in Greg Stilson's way. Stilson also makes really bizarre promises in his campaigns. Um, so, th so this is in the book, not the movie. Um, We've heard so yeah, exactly. Not unlike a Mr. Donald Trump, you know, building walls and everything. Um, for example, he says... Uh, we're going to trap all the pollution in plastic bags and we're going to jettison them into outer space. Brilliant. Just this bizarre... <laughs> it's, it's, it's this bizarre character that just... It just is get it gets people behind him, you know, the people to vote for him and everything. It's very bizarre. Um, so the main character uh, in the film uh, is Johnny Smith. Um, he's played by Christopher Walken. Um, now, Johnny's been in a coma for several years after a car accident. He's woken up, and when he touches people, he sees kind of psychic visions of the future and of the past, uh, but mostly of the future. Interesting. And he sees... Uh, this is a David Cronenberg movie as well. It's a great, great movie. And he sees... Um, he finally shakes... He's met Greg Stilson before, but he hasn't shook his hand. Finally shakes yeah. his hand, and he sees a vision of Greg Stilson in the White House as president. And it's the middle of the night, it's three or four in the morning, he's gotten up and he's raving, he's mad, he's insane. Um, he's played to a T by Martin Sheen, who famously played another famous president, uh, you know, yes. a bit more positive one, um, but <laughs> in this one, it's the complete opposite. He is a fanatic, a determined fanatic, and will let nothing stand on his way. And he has got the, like the, the head general of the US Army, or whoever that may be, uh, Secretary of Defense or whatever, yeah. and he is demanding that he activate this, this computer and set off a nuclear holocaust starting World War Three, um, and he's saying, "I'm the voice of the people. You're not the voice of the people." And eventually, the the general puts his hand down. It's like a scanning system. He puts his hand down, fingerprints. Uh, Greg Stilson, President Greg Stilson, scans his hand and presses the big red button because our button is bigger than your button. Our button is bigger than your button, and you know we've got the big button. Again, pure pure Trump, pure Donald Trump. And he, he then lets in the media, he lets in his staff, and they're going, uh, President, there's, you know, there's a peaceful solution to this. You don't have to do it. And he goes, gentlemen, the missiles are flying. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah, which is probably the most chilling line in the entire film. Um, it's horrifically, horrifically scary. Um, again, I won't, I won't spoil the end of the movie, but it's, it's fantastic. But Johnny decides that he has to stop him. Uh, he has to stop this future from happening. So he makes great lengths to try and stop this from occurring. But again, not going to spoil the film. If you've seen it, you've seen it. If not, if you've read the book, whatever. But um, have you seen this, Andy? I'm not sure if you have. I think I think I, I think I might have done. I think I might. I, I seem to vaguely remember Martin Sheen going absolutely insane. Yeah, he's but he's um, bad. He's mad in yeah. this. Yeah, I, I did. I did used to watch the um, the West Wing. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting confused with. You know, but he never went absolutely crazy in the West Wing. It was always measured and controlled, wasn't it? So, yeah. um, I must have seen this. It must be a bloody long time ago, though. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's again, there's clips online if you want to watch it. Just type in Greg Stilson. And, um, yeah, they're, they're great. All the scenes of him are great. This kind of, you know, he's a da- he's a dangerous guy, and he's been he's made out to be dangerous. There's the scene of him intimidating a guy as well uh, with his <clears throat> his his. Right hand man Sonny. Um obviously there's a lot of other there's a lot of other stuff that happens in the movie with the visions and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the this is the like the finale or the main kind of scariest kind of pot- mm. potential option for the future. Um and you know, even Stephen King has gone, yeah, he I, I imagine this, but uh, you know, I imagine that somebody might like this might come along and, and people might, you know, be buy into this dream or yeah. this making America great again. Cause he does have that like, look, look at what's happened to this country. Look at this. This is, you know, you're all, you're all here on a work day. You're unemployed. What are you doing? We need, you need jobs. We need jobs. We need to sort something out, you know, and, and that's, and that's it. And he's a very, a very scary, scary individual. And one of the worst politicians in my opinion. <laughs> well, yeah. Anybody who presses the big red button is absolutely awful. <laughs> yes, exactly. World War Three is not, I don't think, any politician's dream, you would hope, no. to start a nuclear holocaust that engulfs the world. Um, hope, anyway. You would hope. Fingers crossed, you would hope. But who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was my, I think that was my number three. three or yeah, three? that was your number three, yeah. Three. Okay, let's keep going. So, my number two, and it will not shock you at all. In fact, my, my top two will not shock you in any way, shape or form. But um, my number two is from one of my most favourite action movies, possibly my f- most favourite action movie, to be fair, and it is The Governor of Mars, Vilos Cohagen. <laughs> yes. Yes, you heard that right. Vilos yeah. Cohagen from Total Recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vilos Cohagen film, uh, Total Recall film, not the uh, remake that was done in 2012. Oh, no, no. no. If, um, yeah, that was awful, awful. I'm talking about the, you know, the good old 1990 Arnie movie. Love it, love it to bits. And Cohegan is just the epitome of just like, you know, a horrid character. Somebody who's all about profit. Somebody who's totalitarian. You know, doesn't care about the little people. Doesn't care about anyone but profits and about you know himself. And he's frightened as well. Great thing about Cohagen is that he's frightened about change. He's frightened, frightened about some a higher power, you know, something that he can't control. And because he, he, he doesn't I mean, want to relinquish any control at all, you yeah. know, because he he controls the airflow, doesn't he? At, at, in Mars, yeah. he controls the airflow. So he, he literally, at one point in the film, cuts off the airflow to yeah. to, to the mutants because because the mutants because again the domes they built were cheap. 
So then the mutations happened to the people of, of Mars, the humans that went there. And then he's, he's basically, you know, it's a natural resource. It's, an ab- yeah. like, it's, it's like water. It's like a natural resource that he's controlling and taking away yeah. from people. You know, they that- treat it like oil. They treat, they treat oxygen like oil. Like it's, it's the main money-making machine and that everyone has to, you know, pay the way. Otherwise, they get cut off and, you know, they suffer horrible mutations. And it all stems from, you know, well, don't really, I don't really want to spoil it, but the film's been out for a very long time and everyone practically knows it, but it all stems from, you know, a great discovery under, you know, a massive mountain on Mars. And the film basically is all about that transition, that journey towards uncovering the truth in the conspiracy that is at the centre of Mars. Um, Ronnie Cox, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. What What an actor he is. And it, it's it's very over the top. It's very elaborate, you know. Everything that Ronnie Cox does as an actor is so elaborate, and it just it plays into the character brilliantly. He's always in RoboCop as well, oh, yeah. playing a very similar, very similar, you know, capitalistic totalitarian, you know, figure. But here he's he has direct control of an entire colony of people, you know, thousands of people, a new world that is you know is getting terraformed and you know initiating the expanse into the rest of the galaxy and he's just here at the center of this outpost just ruling over it like some lord again like he's not in it very much like he's, he's got no very no he's not limited screen time but but you always like you always remember like Cohagen, give them the air you know you always yeah. remember that line and you'll always remember yeah. Cohagen because he's just he's pure greed you know, and just he's just pure greed. That's it. That's that's his thing. Yeah. And and if he can't control what's going on, because it, it's it's revealed that potentially something could change within this mountain. It could cause you know yeah. a, a big change to the money he's he's getting from certain people for certain services and for certain things. Um, you know, he's making a lot of money with the drilling and everything and stuff. But um, oh, such a such a good choice as well. Yes. Yeah. Like like other like other leader characters like we've we've discussed, he has a henchman that does all the heavy lifting for him. Like Michael Ironside, um, you know, plays Richter, and he's basically the henchman that goes around does all the dirty work, clearing up. You know, after all these freedom fighters trying to you know liberate Mars, he's the one that's cleaning up for Cohagen and doing all the dirty work and chasing down Arnie throughout the entirety of the film. So there's a very there's there's always there seems to be like a you know a through line with these characters that they're they're very much sat on their thrones enjoying what they're doing and getting other people to do the dirty work for them but you know it all stems from them it all stems from what they're doing you know their mentality their their political outlook i mean it is a totalitarian militaristic setup with Velos Cohagen. it's all very much this like is a, it yeah like a military it's almost like a military state there's terrorism going on um or freedom fighting what you know yeah I'd yeah, say, they, they I, pin it as terrorism, don't they? Yeah. From propaganda, propaganda that, again, you know, another yeah. thing. They put it through as propaganda when it is literally just freedom fighters, like the underground resistance, hmm. you know, yeah, like the French resistance in the Second World War. It's that, that same thing. They were all pinned as terrorists when actually they were trying to free, you know, France. It's very, it's the same thing here. And he's, he's intelligent as well because there's this whole scheme and plot and, um, you know, a lot of twists and turns in the story, but he's kind of yeah. the, the puppet master. He's pulling all the strings um, yeah. to, to get what he's after and to reestablish control. It reminds me a little bit of like um, 
Do you know, like in the Matrix, where they've got the kind of trying to reestablish the order, and they're kind of using they're using Neo as the kind of puppeteering Neo to kind of you know yeah, yeah. We've got to do this every so often. We've got to reset the system. Da 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 da. That whole thing um, kind of reminds me a little bit of that, and in some regards, um, yeah. That he's just trying to reestablish, reset, reestablish. You know, let them blow off some steam, and let them, you know, get let them get as far as they possibly can. These freedom fighters, yeah, and then let them fail. Then close the trap. Then, yeah. you know, when 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 they they're, when they're at their most hopeful, destroy them. Yeah, break break their hope, break their will. That is when you do it. Um, yeah, and I think That's exactly I think, how it plays out as well, isn't it? But then they don't account for. Um, Douglas Quaid, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like just not following through on the plan. He completely rejects his previous life and everything. And Cohagen can't handle it. He literally breaks apart at the end of the film. He's like, you know, this is not how it's supposed to go. You're not supposed to do this. Everything's supposed to be me. It's supposed to be me. It's all me. Yeah. And he uh, and then his eyeballs get sucked out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, he gets his comeuppance. He definitely gets his comeuppance. Um, I yeah. think you've got an upcoming video on uh, Total Recall, haven't you? Yes, yes. I, I've recorded it. I just need to do a little bit of editing. Nice. But it's, it's just basically an exploration of, you know, my favourite favorite film. Uh, of dream, Dreams of Mars. Ooh. Overhoven masterpiece. That's what Very I'm nice. Doing. Very nice. I think you gave, you gave, me, you gave me partial title uh, help there yeah. well I, I do like to help free of charge free of charge <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm really looking forward to i'm looking forward to that deep dive because it's one of my favorite films um so yeah excellent excellent choice excellent character well i mean awful character if you want to yeah terrible character. terrible <laughs> shocking behavior um so i'm gonna go over to dc comics for my second choice um i'm going to bring up the secretary of Meta-Human Affairs, Amanda Waller from the Suicide Squad. Nice. So, nice. so there was a lot of kind of political comics around in the 80s, and Suicide Squad was no different. Um, obviously, the movie's not very political at all, really. But I tell you, disappointingly so. But the one thing I did like about the movie, Amanda Waller was was done right. Uh, uh, Viola, yeah. Viola Davis is cold, calculating, um, considers herself a patriot, um, considers people, you know, you know, disposable, you know, yeah. um, and will use them to, you know, facilitate the means and to do what she needs to do to get to be done. Um, and she, and you, for, for me, she's one of the sorry, she's one yeah, of the, the very few success stories of the DC filmic universe. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Though one of the very few successful things I'd like to see, you know, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Are they going to reboot everything? Or are they just crimping it out, you know? I mean, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a sequel coming by James Gunn, which I'm actually quite looking forward to. Yeah. It's looked quite yeah. good. Um, it's, it's a pseudo-sequel, isn't it? It's like, it's a sequel, yeah. but it's not, it's... We'll I, I'm just very confused by the whole... I'll be, I'll be honest. That's, it's a different story entirely, a different yeah. subject entirely, but... They've got yeah. the right. They've got the right actors back. They've got the actors I like back. Uh, you know, everything <laughs> looks. Else is <laughs> the you know they've got the comic. The, the comic book aspects look fun. It's James Gunn. He knows how to do weird, unconventional comic book characters, as we know. You know, the Suicide Squad film was an attempt to be Guardians of the Galaxy. So why not hire the guy who directed Guardians of the Galaxy to do the sequel? Makes perfect sense mm. to me. Um, but Amanda Waller, you don't get to be 
a, a black plus size woman in politics and amass as much power as you as you as Amanda Waller does in the 80s without being hard as fuck. There's a reason they call her the wall. She is impenetrable. She, you don't she doesn't go down easy. She will do everything she needs to do. Um, she will find out Batman's secret identity and use it against him yeah. and blackmail him with it. She is almost she's almost like what Batman could be if he worked for the government mentally. That brain power, isn't it? The brain exactly. power is immense. Exactly. That. I mean, she goes toe to toe with some of like the most powerful characters in the world, doesn't she? I mean, Superman yeah. won't even mess with her. No, because he knows. He, no, because he knows exactly what she is. Yeah, and and she can she can blackmail, browbeat the best of them. You know, she she gets the results she needs to get regardless of what. She's devious, deadly, and highly questionable, all of her motives. But you could say she's actually one of the best politicians as well because she gets the job done. Regardless of, of how you agree with her methods, she will do anything to get it done. Even if she gets her hands dirty herself. She's been to like Apocalypse, fought like Granny Goodness and all the kind of dark side legion, the Fatal Furies, female Furies. You know, she she's not just one that kind of that coordinates from the from a computer or a laptop, she will get in there. You know, in the Suicide Squad movie where she just coldly kills all the witnesses, all the people working for her, because she is she's the true villain. She's the true evil in the Suicide yeah. Squad. Um, but then again, she is quite there's a lot of her backstory, which is like fucking hell, she's been through quite a lot. You know, she was a family, she had a family, they yeah. all died, she had a husband, you know, <clears throat> there's there's way there's reasons why she's so cold. And and she's a mass manipulator on like another level. She's up there with like Lex Luthor, you know, Batman when he needs to be. You know, she is one of the big brains in the DC universe. And like for example, that like this power, this money, this is power you can't buy. When she was when she knew that the Suicide Squad was going to be closed down, when Tax Force X, the government was going to say we don't need it anymore. She she said right, let's get the group together. I've got one last mission, and she went and killed these drug runners. They asked for mercy. She didn't show them any. She took responsibility for all the murders, got locked up for a year, and was out. Like, she has dirt on every single person in the DC universe, and that is why she is dangerous. Uh, she's on a, a danger level, you know, up there with some of the, those more cosmic-level threats, in, in a way, but in a total, on a different kind of scale. But yeah, she is she is the anti-Batman. She is she is paranoia, she's preparation, she's in information gathering on another level. Yeah. And and that's why I've included her in the list. I think she's she's one of the most complex and well-written comic book characters there has ever been, I think. Yeah, most definitely. And I was I was very disappointed when um they introduced her in the CW shows like Arrow and The Flash, and they they, they didn't they couldn't use her. Because obviously what she's like in the comic books, you know, she's very ultra, she's very, you know, like you said, she's very cold hearted and merciless. They couldn't do it properly in the CW shows. And eventually they just killed her off, probably because of the usage in the Suicide Squad film. Yeah. They just killed her off. And when she goes, rather than being rather than being something grandiose or like, you know, meaningful or whatever, I can't even remember how she how she dies in the show now. I can't even remember. And it's it's such a waste. I remember when they cast, um, I can't remember if they cast a player, but I was like, okay, cool. We're yeah. getting Amanda Waller. This is going to be brilliant. Got Reverse Flash. We've got Deathstroke. Got Amanda Waller now. It's going to be brilliant. 
but just fizzled out just like the CW shows, you know, fizzled out. You can't use Deathstroke anymore, so Arrow fizzled out completely. I'd highly recommend you know? I'd highly recommend any of her DC animated appearances. So like Justice League Unlimited, she was great in. Um and any of the kind of Suicide Squad uh DC. Escape from Arkham, I think. Escape from Arkham, Ar- Ar- yeah. Arkham Assault, Arkham Assault, brilliant. Yeah, and uh, Hell to Pay, I think she's in yeah. as well. Uh Suicide Squad Hell to Pay. Um both really good. Check those out. She's great in them as well. Like she's a yeah, definitely. She is like she'll blow somebody's head off in a split second if you don't do what she says. And she she's yeah. she's not she does that on the sort of Arkham, doesn't she? Yeah. Just, like, somebody's like, I'm not doing this. You're just deep. dead. Yeah. As well, I, I do hope we see more of her in the future. A lot more of her. I hope they give, they give her her dues, especially with Viola Davis, because Viola Davis is such a great actor. She's she's amazing. Like I th- I think she's one of the like. I, th- I, th- I think that's just perfect casting. I, I genuinely think that's perfect casting. Um, but yeah, uh, amazing. Either either the worst politician or the best politician. It's up to you. Um, but but Amanda Waller is uh, is my number two. There's no real uh, there's no real secret about what my number one is going to be. To be quite honest, and uh, there's no way there's no two ways of looking at it either. He's, he's He's not going to be the greatest politician ever. He's quite simply the worst to ever have affected a galaxy far, far away. And it is Chancellor Palpatine. Emperor Palpatine himself, the guy who initiated Order 66, massacred the Jedi, and then threw the galaxy into an oppression of imperial rule. He is. You don't get any more evil. You don't get any more evil than Chancellor Palpatine, the Emperor himself. The force-crushing, force-wielding, maniac strategic genius mm. absolutely strategic genius and that's something that i've appreciated as i've got older is the level of absolute genius that uh, chancellor palpatine has in the prequels of constructing you know this propaganda regime of playing the clone wars and you know getting the separatists to fight each other and everything and instigating the complete purge of the Jedi Order when nobody was looking really. Everyone's attention was focused every- elsewhere. And there he is, planned down to a T, down to one very simple order. Two numbers and the galaxy is thrown into turmoil forever. Brilliant. My One of, one of my favourite characters, Emperor Palpatine. And like I said, I've got more of an appreciation of him as I've got older. More of an appreciation of you know, the performance by Ian McDermott as well. And just basically, you know, the detail that comes from the character, especially when you look at like the Clone Wars, the series, um, you get a lot more sort of like in-depth look at the way Palpatine and as the Emperor, uh, Darth Sidious, the way he switches between the two characters to, you know, manipulate the galaxy in each and every way, he doesn't just manipulate one side, he manipulates both sides and he manipulates everything down to a T as well. You know, it's the level of detailing of what he does is magnificent. And as I'll keep saying, as I've got older, I just, I, I appreciate it even more. Are you, are you turning into a, a Chancellor Palpatine? Well, me, myself. <laughs> are you leaning, are you leaning towards you know, executing a lot of Jedi. I mean, you've got you've got all the lightsabers for it, so I do. Yeah, I've got all the. Yeah, I mean, if you if, <laughs> if you look at any of my videos, my room is literally a homage to the to the dark side, really, isn't it? 
I do have Emperor Palpatine's lightsaber as well on, on display above me. I've always been fascinated by the Imperial forces in Star Wars, um, sort of the uniformity and just the, the ultra, you know, the ultra power. They just have so much power. And it is, again, it's, it's a parallel towards militaristic might, you know, that we saw in World War II when the, the war machine was gliding across Europe without hesitation. That's the thing with the Imperial Army, the Imperial forces, they just glide across the galaxy and they, they, the spearhead of that is the Emperor. It's all his command. He foresees everything. He knows what he wants to achieve and he knows how he's going to achieve it. That's what makes the character for me. It's, it's quintessentially the most evil person in cinematic history. But at the same time, he's still shrouded in mystery. I mean, even in, even in his latest film, you know, where he comes back, <laughs> whether you like whether you like it or not, it's that's still shrouded in mystery as well. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, good, uh, for good I'm or not real. Not going to get into it too much. Is uh, oh, you'll you'll awaken the dark side if we start down that path again. But yeah, I mean, there, that's the thing. His power is unmatched by anyone. You know, despite the fact that he gets beaten twice, sure, is is his power and his knowledge of you know this the force is unmatched by anyone. It's it's interesting that you can explore much more about his his past and his history and also his future after Return of the Jedi when he dies the first time. You know, there's so much to explore in that, you know, the hidden secrets, the hidden bases, you know, there's a lot of sort of like conspiracy theories about like the Nazis developing super weapons and having hidden bases and things like that and look, looking for historical relics and mythological relics like, you know, we see it in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones, when they, they find the Ark of the Covenant, you know, the Nazis wanted this ultra power. And the same thing happens with Palpatine in sort of like the expanded, you know, like the Clone Wars and things like that. He's looking for Jedi relics and all these other relics to enhance his power, to enhance his control in the galaxy. So the parallels are there between sort of like a real world, you know, thing that we had in the Second World War and, you know, the fictional galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I've, 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 always, I've always loved the Emperor. He's always been that kind of, you know, fascist evil wizard type you know <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like like a wicked witch type thing going on especially like oh, with definitely it's, with, it's a, so with a cloak extra. yeah it's so extrovert it's unbelievable and it's like it's and ham the, on toast as well oh yeah and return the jedi it's pure ham on toast your friends on the end of moon will not survive <laughs> you know <laughs> love it <God>. <laughs> but i think i think what you were saying about the prequels like I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure kids back in you know 1999 or whenever the whenever the episode one was out probably didn't want to see all the political manoeuvrings. Yeah. <laughs> they probably just wanted a bit more lightsaber battles and guns. Yeah. Um, but like looking back on it now, I think that's the one of the parts of the films that holds up. You know, the love story is shite. You know, a lot Yo, of the other God, yeah. a lot of the other stuff is, is bullcrap. Um, Even as a hardened Star Wars fan, I can admit ugh, the love story is garbage. Yeah, a lot of the bad. A lot of the extra stuff in it is garbage, but but that that actually it, it, the, the it, political maneuvering and the the yeah. the the subtle kind of nods and moves and you know and, and I love some of the lines as well like uh, this is how democracy dies uh, yeah not, not with what was it oh, where does it go 
Not the sound of how Liberty yeah. dies with thunderous applause. Yeah. Uh, or the, you know, I am the Senate, you know, all that sort of stuff. My favorite, yeah. my favorite line. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, like you said, like he's not, he's not just somebody who, who like he's a mass manipulator as well, much like all these other characters. He's a mass manipulator and can get people to do what they want, even, even like subtly before, you know, even they know what they're doing. He's already got them doing it, you know, like Anakin or someone like that. Um, or like, you know, Jar Jar Binks to a lesser extent and some other characters, you know, yeah. he can do that. But also he's a, he's a physical power. He's a physical threat. You know, he's, yeah. he, he can, you know, spin, rah, spinning attack at you. He can, he's got a lightsaber. He's got force lightning. You know, he, he's, he is physically powerful along with being, you know, like, you know, mentally, you know, a, a force to be reckoned with as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's, he's terrifying in, in more than, a million ways um yeah, but definitely. yeah absolutely excellent uh excellent choice there andy i think that is i, I don't think i can better it with mine but i'm gonna try oh I, i'm sure you will i'm sure you will you've got something you've got something i can't wait for it it's gonna be something so out of this world <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't it, it, it in a way it's quite an obvious one i think um uh, you know i've gone through the maybe some less obvious ones but this is is definitely an obvious one um, so again, like I'm, you're, this is much in the vein of, of James Dale um, from from your number five. I've gone with Mayor Larry Vaughan from Jaws. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. I thought. I was thinking. I was like, oh, he must be putting in his honourable mentions. Fantastic. No, it's here. It's here. Like Larry Vaughan is here. So everyone knows the mayor from Jaws. Um, you know, doesn't listen. He, you know, I didn't want I didn't want someone that was kind of outright evil, bordering on like a dictator like Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wanted someone who's just so fucking greedy and stupid and and has no no foot in the real world and does not serve the people that he becomes. Yeah dangerous because of that like yeah. in because of his because of these flaws because yeah. of him just being a greedy piece of shit you know he, he basically there's an attack shark attack brody smartly you know he says right we've got to close close the beaches we can't do that it's the fourth of july <laughs> so brody goes to close the beaches and and straight away, Larry goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing there? What are you doing there? And he's like, there's been a shark attack. Well, you know, it's almost the 4th of July. It's the summer. This is, a, you know, it's an island. We need people to visit. You know, we need the money. You know, you, you shout, you shout uh, Barracuda. People say, oh, what? Uh, but you shout shark, and then you've got to panic on the 4th of July. Um, yeah. he, even goes, he even goes so far to get the coroner to come with him to confront Brody, and he gets the coroner to lie. A propeller did that damage, not a shark attack. And he's like, look, the coroner even says he's mistaken. Uh, and later on, um, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character comes yeah. in and goes, and goes, what idiot thought this was a fucking propeller? This was yeah. absolutely a shark attack. And the, the coroner's like, uh, uh, not me. And he's just like, <laughs> you, you know. And that's, and that's dangerous. And again, they keep, there's another attack with uh, the little yeah. boy who gets killed. Yeah, the little boy, yeah. And and then again, there's a there's a press conference, and Brody's going, "We'll shut the beaches. We are definitely shutting the beaches." And the mayor goes, "Yeah, but for only 24 hours." 
And you're just like, and he's like, what are you doing? You're undermining everything I'm doing. We're trying to protect people. And it's like, we can't, because there are people in the in the meeting that are disagreeing with closing the beaches because yeah. they were like, that's their livelihood. And and this kind of comes back to, you know, UK politics again with the eat out to help out, you know, instead of like open the beaches, it was open the businesses, you know, yeah. and, and potentially has led to an, a second more severe lockdown and potentially more, severe measures coming towards Christmas. You know, thanks, thanks, Boris. Thank, thanks, Rishi Sunak. Thank you for all that. So, uh, so yeah. You said we wouldn't get political. Sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> anyway, uh, fictional, fictional. We'll stay with the fiction. Yes. Anyway, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying that there are similarities, that's all. The parallels, yes. There, there are parallels to real world, and I think there always will. The worries will be. It's- yeah, it's the irresponsibility of the character, isn't it? It's just completely irresponsible, focusing on making money, 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 money. Who do you trust? And, um, you know, it, co- it, it costs more people their lives, doesn't it? Mm. And the, the only time, like, he keeps the beach open and he's got one of his friends there and he's like, why is no one going in the water? Go in the water, go in the water. And, and Brody is Brody's still doing his job, even though he's got all these hurdles to jump with the mayor. He's still yeah. trying to do his job, uh, even though the mayor is making it impossible for him. Um, he's still trying to do it. And, and he, he gets this poor guy to go in, in the water. Eventually they go in the water and then some kids are playing a game and there's a shark fit. Yeah. And, then, and then the real shark turns up after the, you know, the, the kids playing the prank uh and then and then at the hospital he's having like a nervous breakdown because he's like my kids are on that beach my kids are on that beach my kids are on that beach he's like give me the money so i can hire quint give me that money now and it, and that's that's the last you see of him um and he's just like he's, he's just a mess by that point um but he just it, it only only when it hit home for him and his family was he did yeah. he care did he care uh, only at that point where he was like, oh, yeah, maybe I could have died or my family yeah. could have died. That's that's when he takes on board. Um, he's also in Jaws 2. Believe it or not, <laughs> they voted him back in. After everything Jesus. that happened in Jaws, they voted him back in as the mayor. And again, doesn't believe Brody when he says there's a shark. I mean, like, literally, that's, that's one thing about the sequels, isn't it? It's just like, oh, you can't make the same mistakes twice, but he does. And he's oh he's an absolute muppet. Yeah. And he's in, instead of, instead of random people and whatever getting eaten, it's a bunch of kids that get eaten this time. So it just makes it even frigging worse, doesn't it? Yeah. So he's he is awful. And I, I always I always think about like I always think about uh, like Krypton. Like everyone's like oh Krypton will never explode. You're crazy. You know it's all, that kind of like no maybe we should listen. Maybe we yeah. should listen. Like just this one time, let's just listen. No, no, no. You know, it's you're, you're, the way you're thinking is too dangerous. You know, he is the epitome of a bad mayor. I think again, I think everyone would agree. I think the whole world would agree with me at this on this point. He is just plain awful, and he has is as cheap as those pastel suits he wears in the film. <laughs> He's awful. Oh, they really are awful, aren't they? People used to wear them. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I think you know. I think that's just again, like he's got the 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 false kind of like, hi, I'm a happy-go-lucky mayor. Like he even stops. Yeah. It's Hooper, isn't it? That's it, Hooper. Um, yeah. There's a there's a bit where they capture a shark. Some fishermen like blow it up, shoot it, or whatever, uh, and they're like, right, let's cut it open and see if it's digested any of the children or any of that. And he stops him then as well. And it's like we could, yeah. you know, there's potential we could know whether this is the right shark. Yeah. And, he, and he says, no, not going to do it. Um, 
you know, we're celebrating his photos. You know, he said, I don't, I don't want to cut it open and then the little boy fall out. And he's like, he's not saying do it right there and then. He's saying just take it to one side and cut it open, which is something they do in secret. Yeah. But, um, yeah, terrible, terrible man. Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's that's it that's our that's our both of our five that's top five yeah that is top five so uh we're gonna go on to honorable mentions and i do have some listener comments as well oh splendid so uh we're we're running a little over but i'm just gonna split into two you know you know how we do we always run over a little bit oh we do don't we we always gotta stop behaving (laughs) i think the top fives are hard to do though i think that they always end up being the ones i cut in half Anyway, um, so let's hear your honourable mentions, Andy, before we go on to the the comments. Do you want them them all in one go? Go for it. So, my honourable mentions, I have President Charles Logan from 24. Um, One of of your, um, one of mine, actually, now as well. Yeah. Uh, Great followers. I am Jack's musings mentioned in. Yes, good good man. Brilliant brilliant character. I forgot completely about him. Played by Gregory Itzin. Um, he's just a terrible president, president, makes all the wrong decisions, completely goes against the recommendations of, you know, Jack Bauer and CTU and all that. Awful guy. Awful. Terrible. Yeah. You've never seen 24, have I've, you? I've not. I'd like, it's, it's a show I think I would enjoy. I think if I sat, if I sat down to it, I don't, is it on any like streaming platforms? Is it? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't yeah. tell you. I don't think it is on Amazon or Netflix or anything like that. I'll have, a, I'll, have, I'll have a look. If I can find it, I'll I'll probably give it a watch because I've heard... Long like, Yeah. Wait, isn't it like only five days or something? <laughs> yeah. Eight days worth of chaos, but, but what 600 an... bloody episodes. Yeah. <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to give that one a try. If you know, if, I, th- I think somebody else, I think, responded. But we'll go, we're going to listen to comments in a bit. But yep. anyway. So next one, Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. <laughs> the worst mayor ever. Dan Castellaneta does the voice. And Mayor Quimby, yeah. Bumbling, everything you'd think about bumbling. Philanderer. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Money launderer. Money <laughs> All laundering. of it. All uh, of it. In the in uh, as has links to the mob. <laughs> yeah, literally everything. Everything you could possibly think would go wrong, and be done wrong by someone in power. Mayor Quimby is exactly that. Brilliant, brilliant choice. Um, One of my favourites. Yeah, and then I've gone for a character you might not be familiar with from the uh, the TV show The Wire. It's Senator Clay Davis, Ooh, played by Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I've heard brilliant of brilliant character. Yeah, I've heard brilliant. of it. I've not, I've not watched the show, but I've heard of Clay Davis, yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just completely corrupt right the way through. Just pure corruption. And because it obviously set in um, Boston, it's just, you know, that old, complete, unimaginative, you know, the way he goes about everything. It's just, I'm just going to be corrupt. I'm just going to do this. And, you know, he's just awful. Awful character. Awful. Brilliant as well. Um <laughs> Joffrey Baratheon from Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, I know, I know Joffrey. I'm familiar with Joffrey. <laughs> <laughs> the boy would be king, who's just an absolute nightmare of a character. Yeah. Horrible character. I've, Quint- I'm not quintessentially the worst <laughs> you can possibly think of. Yeah, I think everyone hates Joffrey. Like, it, yeah. I think even even the I've I've not seen I've seen bits of the show here and there, um, and I've seen bits of Joffrey, and he's just. It's just a little shit, isn't he? Um, <laughs> it's just a little fucking shit. 
uh, he's the boy who got everything he wanted. He's the spoiled child, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, and and I know he gets. I think I know how he gets his comeuppance. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, that's an excellent choice as well. Yeah. Yes. And then my final honourable mention is one that you know I think it could quite possibly have snuck into my top five, and it's only a very small part. It's a, it's a part that I always think of, and it is Senator Rourke from Sin City, played by uh-huh. Howard Booth. And he's literally only in it for about a minute, minute and a half. And he's just talking to Hartigan, played by Bruce Willis, and just laying out everything that he's going to do to make his life a misery. You know, he's going to put him away, he's going to lock him away because he, he maimed his boy, and he's going to use every ounce of his political power, every ounce of his knowledge, his supporters to make sure Hartigan will never see the light of day again and suffer for it. And I love it because Powers Booth just chews the scenery in that one bit. It's completely, completely, everything zooms into this one little sequence and this one character who's just stood at the end of Hartigan's bed and just laying all this out. Brilliant, brilliant monologue, brilliant little scene, really, really deep, dark horrible character and you get every ounce of that character from this one small scene you know everything about him you know what he's about you know what he can do and what he will do really really great character i love him in the graphic novels as well such yeah. a brilliant character i love i love following it through though in sin city 2 terrible film fucking hell awful the time but the, thir- the first film this one sequence great i think you've i think you've got like me you've got all the sin city books and there's so much Bet- they made up their own story for most of it. Um, Why? <laughs> they've got they've got great stories there, but they work. Why bother making up something new that doesn't really say anything? This gambler, you've got a gambler character. You've got yeah, you know, it's just just awful. The only the only bit I enjoy is the bit that's based on a book, which is the Dame to Kill for section. Yeah. Sack off the rest. It's all shit. Just keep that section. Sack off the rest. Um, awful. But yeah, I, I like that Powers Booth is there. Talking about power, I, I dig that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Um, and he's—it's a great little monologue. And he—he just—it's—it's it's a shame he's gone now. Is it, we lost him yeah. a, a year or so ago, I think. Um, oh, a great actor. Um, he will be missed uh, certainly, and that's one of his better performances. Even though, like, steals a scene. I mean, it's him, him and Bruce Willis in a bed. Bruce Willis doesn't say anything, but you're just it's just magnetic that performance. So, yeah, highly recommend. He's great in Tombstone as well. And, other stuff. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Brilliant yeah. yeah. Is that all your honourable mentions? That is it. That's all my honourable mentions. All right. I'll give you mine. So go for uh, it. Here we go. So my honourable mentions start with conservative and conservative conservatory. <laughs> <laughs> He's a conservatory. That's that's that's, that's, that's what he is. <laughs> He'll let you out into outer space. <laughs> It's an awful. It makes an awful politician because he's a conservatory. Um, <laughs> so, conservative MP Alan Bastard from the New Statesman. So, this was a comedy way back when, um, played by Rick Mail, um, and it's just oh, a, yeah. it, It's just it was just like an ITV show. I think a lot of the episodes are on YouTube if you want to watch them. It's just like a it's a political satire, and he's like the worst conservative MP in the world. And it's hilarious. It's, it's so funny. Like he, you know, he's, he's trying to bring back hanging and things like that. It's, it's, 
stupid. And and he kept doing it as well. This character he kept doing for the rest of his kind of career. I think they do a podcast sort of thing about it. Um, he's done a few YouTube videos, like I think in like 2006, and kind of did some other kind of appearances. You know, up until he died. Um, but he's a fantastic character because he's just a bastard. He's just an ass. <laughs> Uh, and Rick Mail is like one of my favorite actors anyway. Uh, he's hilarious. Um, yeah, check him out. Um, going back to DC, I've gone with District Attorney Harvey Dent. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Mm. Now yeah, this, this, good. yeah, this, this one um, or Two Face, if you, if you want to uh, use his his villain name. Um, now this one very almost made the list. Very very close to. To making the list, it's it's the mayor of Sunnydale from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah, very yeah. good, very good. It, it's weird because he's almost like this Will Farrell kind of affable, nice fellow, um, and it's set up quite early on where they're like, "Oh no, I don't want to speak to the mayor." You know, that he's this this scary thing, but he's actually like, "Oh, hello, hello, fellow demons, how are you?" And then, and then in the finale of that series, when you when you meet him, um, you know, he manipulates the whole thing you know, to his own end, then turns into a giant snake slug monster and destroys the high school. Perfect. Um, it's, 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 it's just, it was one of my favorite Buffy villains. I think all the, all the main villains are pretty good, but he was like, he's one of my, yeah. like the season villain for me was one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic performance. Uh, I can't, can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head. Um, no, I'm sure I, I am. I that scene. <laughs> I never, I never, I never watched Buffy fully. To be honest, I've only, I've only ever caught bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, I can, I just picture that now. Jesus, I feel like I need to watch Buffy properly. I need to get yeah. through it. It's it's on Amazon. Um, I'm get, I need to finish it off. To be honest, yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah, you can watch. Oh wow, Jesus. So get on it. It's it's good stuff. Like it's it's good. Like all the way through, it's pretty much pretty solid. Um, and that's that's my favorite. Probably one of my favorite seasons when he comes into it because I think he's yeah. just a great smiley villain. Um, and you know he's just deliciously evil as well. Um, uh, next one is Ambassador Damien Thorne from The Omen Three: Final Conflict, uh, play, played by. Um, <laughs> so so. Um, <laughs> So Damien, the son of the devil, grows up to be an ambassador like his father from the first film. Uh, and I think he's vying for the presidency, I think, if I'm, if I remember right. Yeah, that's his end game, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's played by Sam Neill, uh, very chillingly by Sam Neill. Um, so I, I uh, have included that. Uh, we mentioned President Lex Luthor. Um, yes. From, from Superman already. We need uh, to see that in a film. We need to see President Lex Luthor. I think now Trump's out of office. I think we may we may well see something like yeah. that, maybe. But who's uh, the actor playing Lex Luthor at the minute in the DC universe? Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, it can't be him. No. I, I wouldn't buy him if he's President Lex Luthor. Nah, I, I don't want that. Um, and the final one I've gone with Senator Eleanor Shaw from The Manchurian Candidate, played by Meryl Streep. Brilliant choice. Absolutely brilliant choice. Yeah, that's very, it. very good. What a film that is! Good film, good, good film. I need to see the original actually. Um, I really enjoyed the remake, but I need to see the original. Yeah, um, I think I think it's um, what's her name? Uh, Murder she wrote Angela Lansbury. I think she yeah. plays. I think she plays the original um, Senator Shaw. Um, right. Well, that was our honorable mentions. 
Um, so I'm going to move on to listener comments. So I've asked people who they think the worst fictional politicians are. So let's head over to Instagram, first of all. So uh, my work colleague, Imran.Tahir, um, on Instagram, he says, either Romak Alimov from Six Underground, the Netflix Michael Bay film uh, with Ryan Reynolds, or Admiral General Aladdin from The Dictator 2012, the Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh. he, he is awful. He is awful. I'm not yeah. seen, I've not seen Six Underground, but I can definitely agree Admiral General Aladdin is not a good man. <laughs> what, a, what a pick that is. Fantastic. Okay, moving on to Facebook. Uh, <laughs> They're all over the show. They're all on all the different platforms. This has been a popular one, to be fair. It's a popular question. Good, good. Um, Andrew Ferguson says, I don't think you can have this list without Gaius Baltar from Battlestar Galactica. And he says, such a complex figure, but becoming president because of a letter written by a dying Laura Roslin, asking you to be better and getting offended, only to then cause the deaths of thousands through ill-thought-out actions is pretty shocking. You, you've seen Battlestar, haven't you? Yes, I love it. And I'm ashamed to admit that he completely passed me by for this and for my honourable mentions as well. I, I I always forget that he becomes president of the colonies. I always forget. Whenever, whenever I rewatch it, I've, I've rewatched the series about five or six times, maybe even more. I tried to get Natalie into it recently. Um, she couldn't, couldn't get into it. Yeah. But I always forget that he becomes... Yeah, president of the colonies, and he he does he makes horrific choices that cost the lives of thousands. When like the civil the human civilization is literally decimated anyway, the loss of one or two people is seen as a tragedy, and he is responsible for thousands just going. He, he makes deals with the Cylons, the, the the you know the 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 machines that are chasing them across the galaxy. It makes a deal with them that should secure everyone's lives and whatever, but it doesn't. It's just horrible. It's all awful. He's, yeah, he is literally a terrible character. Highly recommend Battlestar Galactica. It's fucking brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's one of the best sci-fi shows that's ever been made. Great, great. Well, it, it sounds like a very good choice. I'm not that familiar with Battlestar, but... Uh, yeah, you, know, you, can, the... you can land the DVDs if you want, man. Yeah, Brilliant. maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, okay, moving over to Twitter, the Twitterverse. Um, oh. Ben is a nerd, and that's at Ben underscore nerd chat. Uh, that's from the nerd chatting team. He says, is the secret answer Donald Trump? Um, yeah, yes, yes, the secret answer is Donald Trump. He cannot be real. He cannot be real. Surely not. He cannot be the president. Or was it? Reminds me of that Simpsons episode when the, when the two Kang and Kodos take over. Um, Al Gore and Clinton. Is it Al Gore? It's not yeah, Al Gore, it's, is, it? Um, some, is, is it Bob Dole? Bob Dole. Bob Dole, Bob Dole yeah. <laughs> Clinton. <laughs> I love the bit where it's like, it's a two party system. You've got to vote for one of us. And they're like, we'll go for a third party. Well, throw your vote away. <laughs> Sir, we're really concerned. People are starting to question why you're holding hands. Well, if you can think of another way to share long protein strings, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what? They they would have been a good. They would have been good additions as well. Kang and Kodos would have been good additions. Yeah, yeah. this list. Um, so he said, "Is is Donald Trump? Is the secret answer Donald Trump? Because because he can't he can't really be this fucking bad, can he?" 
um, question mark. Okay, the Emperor. So Emperor per, Emperor Palpatine. Uh, Good. So number one. So uh, supreme, Good. unlimited power. Good. And here's the here's the comment from at I am Jack's musings. So that's President Charles Logan in twenty four. He says he is he is a complete shit weasel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is a complete shit weasel. Yeah, complete shit weasel. Um, and uh, and then nerds chatting. So that's at nerds chatting. So so the previous comment from Ben. That's the podcast he does. So check them out. So that's at nerds chatting. Um, they've responded going yes. He's the worst. Weak. Stupid, dangerous. Yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, well, I've got to agree. I've not seen it, but I've got to agree. Um, and at 20th Century Geek, another podcast, check them out as well. Um, I'm always amazed Maya Quimby lasted so long. <laughs> uh, yes. Another excellent uh, How choice. many terms in office has he had now? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they're, they're even... I don't think anyone's even noticed there hasn't been an election. That's why I think. So I'm just like, oh, just carry on. Um, that's all the honourable mentions. So that's that's it. And this is the end of our of our podcast. Uh, lo- long as it is, it's always good. It's always good, long discussions and some uh, some good uh, good political anecdotes and things. Um, but yeah, if you're looking, if you're looking to um, get away from real life and real life <laughs> politics... Check check this podcast out. Check some of the programs, TV, books, anything we've mentioned. It's all good yeah. shit. Uh, I love a good a good bit of entertainment. Um, oh, so, yes. Um, where can people find you on the social medias, or where can they find your YouTube channel? Ah, yes. Uh, my YouTube channel is Angry Andy Reviews. Just type that into YouTube, and it should pop up. You might have to do a bit of scrolling, but it, it is on there. Um, you can find me on Twitter. At um, at Andy underscore underscore review, and there's a couple of links to the Facebook page there as well. But yeah, just uh, check out the YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe. You know, it's slowly crawling up. I've had some you know pretty successful videos recently. So yeah, just check it out and see what you think. There's a couple of um, videos of the two of us like doing a couple of reviews and discussions. And recently we've. uh, at Rambo, we've looked at The Rock, yeah. Um, which should be up by the time the, this deploys, your podcast deploys, and so. we seem to have a we seem to have a good sort of discussion similar to what we have here as well, don't we? Oh yeah, it's it's all good stuff. Like um, again, we we like to we like to delve deep into these things and kind of and see see what comes out, you know, uh, whatever that may be, <laughs> whatever that may be. <laughs> Uh, but we do have we do have a good time, and I hope everyone else is having a good time. Um, hope oh, yes. everyone's keeping safe. Uh, Christmas coming up um, after this. Well, I'm going to start the alternativity uh, stories uh, season. So we're going to look at alternative holiday movies, be they Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, you name it. If it's even remotely set at Christmas. I'm probably going to do something on it. <laughs> so, I know what's coming. <laughs> oh, we've got we've got one with Andy, which is it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> awful film, but it's going to be good. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Check that out when it comes out. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Um, you can find me on the social medias. So um, so um, Facebook, it's at Secret Balls. Twitter, it's at Dan underscore Balls. 
um, Instagram, Spider Dan Secret Balls, and the podcast is available pretty much everywhere. There are previews available on YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, find me anywhere you can, whichever is your preferred podcasting device. Um, right. Well, as always, we're going to have to sign off and uh, we're going to end this uh, this meeting of parliament, if you will. Uh, we've made our own political decisions. We've cast our votes uh, and now yeah. we're done. Um, so I, w- I would like to declare that I am the Senate. Uh, and I will, I will humbly, I will humbly um, pull out of this election <laughs> because I don't want to mess with your unlimited power. Absolutely not. Don't want to. Don't want to even go near. <laughs> you've got, you've got all those lightsabers. I don't even want to imagine what you could do to my body with those. So uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, that went a bit weird. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, it went a bit saucy. Oh. Okay, this is a good time. Before we start our own political sex scandal, I, I think this is a good time to leave. <laughs> thank, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> thank, thank you, Andy. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you for Alternativity Stories. Goodbye. Bye.